Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today, we're going to be hearing from Jack Pringle. And Jack's one of these guys that I wish we could have kept the roll- cameras rolling for a couple of hours because he's full of good stuff and just easy to have a conversation with. But what we're going to focus in on today is wellness. Wellness is one of those topics that seems sort of big and mysterious. It gets talked about a lot, but I think a lot of us don't know how to do it. Jack's going to help bridge some of those gaps between what we've heard and what we can do. He's also going to talk about the relationship between small changes and how they can lead to big changes. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Several years ago in, in South Carolina, we actually now have under our um, continuing legal education requirement uh, to have substance abuse or mental health training. You know, whether you call it health or wellness or physical health and emotional health, I think all of those things are wrapped up. and. Um, I've found it to be really rewarding, not just because of the response I get, but because of the way that it helps me to talk about those things and, and try to live the way that I'm mm. claiming to, to, to live and so to talk. Some, some built-in accountability. Right. There. So to that point, when, you, when someone's thinking about wellness and they're thinking about it in sort of a, you know, all of us have most of us have an area of our life that's professional, you know, mm-hmm. our day job, so to speak. Uh, and then we've got, you know, families and things outside of work, and then we're sleeping. That's yeah. kind of the, the pie chart, yeah. you know. Um, I've heard you say in other conversations that we've had that there are some some enemies to wellness, some that you see that are sort of um, intrinsic in the legal profession, but probably in the world of work in general, um, these enemies exist. What, what, are, what are those things? Or what have you seen? I, I'm seeing, you know, certainly just as broadest, and it certainly is not limited to the legal profession, it's just the art of more, is that um, the more time we spend working, the more time, uh, you know, the more we're likely to get compensated. We have um, the ability now with all of these devices and technology that we could conceivably be working all the time Mm. and always responding and always on. Mm. When you're trained to look for the problem or whether it's a legal risk or or other area, you're often in the position of telling a client, well, I don't think you can do this. If your landscape or the landscape scanning that you do is always to find the problem or the risk, then that can carry over into the rest of your life too. And you begin to see the the negativity bias that we all have to some extent that are built into us. It can compound um, and color the rest of your world. Well, I think speaking of compounding, it it seems like some of the um, rewards are aligned with that way of thinking. In other words, being uh, a good problem spotter, you, you get rewarded for that. What you're seeing is that everything that can, a lot of things that can be negative are reinforced by these positives that are good. It's a good thing to make more income, so to speak. It's a good thing to have a better reputation, but there's sort of a dark side. I don't want to be too binary about it because it it, it is an important tool in the toolkit or in the toolbox to have to be able to issue spot and to be able to appropriately assess risks. But the difficulty comes when that's the only approach that you have We've talked about before the Abraham Maslow line of when the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem is a nail. That being the only thing that you reach for when you're trying to address problems can be, uh, first of all, it can be unsuccessful. And then second, it can be 
really unhealthy. You know, sort of the, the, the footnote here is that, you know, if we timestamp this, we're in June of 2020. Right. And to say that it's a stressful time is sort of an understatement. Can you talk a little bit about why we maybe tend to do that, but also maybe what we should do instead? I spend time in information security, and I'm always asked the question, what do we need? What product mm. or service do we need to get? Well, those things might be helpful, but they're not sufficient because they're, it's always going to require people, you know, in, in a consumer society like ours, it's not surprising that um, when we value things that we buy so highly that we feel like we can reach for something or have something that will change our behavior or change the way we feel. That's not really a useful and helpful uh, approach. And you know, the, the, the kinds of things that have sat in my closet for years, and most everybody has a story that they can tell about something that they thought was gonna be the be all end all, right. and then just that, that treadmill dust. that, that hosts right. all the clothes and, right. and all that stuff, yeah. And <laughs> in my experience um, in developing habits, and, and especially now at the stage, I'm 52 years old, is that getting and establishing habits and routines <laughs> is incremental and it's gradual and it requires a lot of allowing yourself to relax and make a few mistakes along the way. Do you think that people um, sort of set themselves back by um, being maybe overly ambitious in what they want to change? Absolutely. I think that a lot of us can still remember the way we performed when we were younger. And we certainly use that as a little bit of a benchmark, but then, you know, we all want to say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really go after it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start running again. And typically you go too far or too fast and you end up being monumentally sore the next day <laughs> and not capable of repeating. But now, wait a minute, it sounds like bad habits and good habits form the same way? Well, of course they do. I mean, okay. it's it's all cue and routine and reward. You know, if, if certainly not aware of what's taking place or what, you know, what's driving you or triggering you or causing you, you can um, fall into or become, you know, fall prey to a bad habit in the same way you could with good habits. What would you say to the person that knows all those things and, and is aware of that, but they're still in the same spot that they've been in. What would you say to them as, 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 as a way to uh, begin anew or to just start somewhere? What would you? To start slow mm -hmm. and to try to make a commitment. You, and you've got to have something in your life. A very brief uh, commitment. That reminds as you a, that, hey, as you a small sign right. and you're capable as a small of marker. You know, uh, and I think that's something a, that a longer, uh, we all probably need goal. to And not only that you repeat it every day. Well, it's an especially important keep too, track of it in our culture. Memorialize we it. Mm. rightfully celebrate these unbelievably iconic heroes like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. <laughs> and we look at someone that, that is that competitive and that driven. Yeah. And somehow we think, oh, well, you know, clearly I could never do something like that. But that's not the issue. The issue is, you know, we all have the opportunity to, you know, to improve upon ourselves and ultimately to be healthier, better, clearer thinkers, stronger, more flexible, more adaptable for 
our families, our businesses, and our communities. And we sell ourselves short if we just assume that, well, if we can't be the best, that there's no room for us to, to, to do our thing. And I think it's really important to take an approach that, you know, gives you that, that agency, that, you know, that intention and that ability to, yeah. to improve. It's like we need another, you know, a different word. Instead of maybe trying to be the best, it's like, in, in, you know, cheese alert, but, you know, be your best. Well, and, know, and, and, and figure out like, sure. what being your best is really is, and it's got to start somewhere. Well, Jack, thanks for coming today and trying to help us make a little bit of sense out of um, what wellness is and why it's important. And I think you you probably, um, some of the stuff you said are probably going to surprise people that, that starting small is better than starting, you know, with this gargantuan, uh, shall we say, Instagram-worthy goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's starting with something small that's important to you figuring out a good way to track it because you're going to need to look backwards and see those mileposts that you've already that you've already crossed and also to make it something that is significant enough or means enough to you to be the fuel to kind of keep that consistency going absolutely and then the other thing is you know go easy on yourself yeah. give yourself a break and give yourself the space and ability to keep coming back and to keep going after it Thanks for coming over and uh, good good conversation. Yep. I